thanks for being with me today and hope you had a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for all of you who have been so encouraging about the book that came out last Friday, <clears throat> excuse me, called Joy Unspeakable. If you have not yet got your copy, purchased your copy, I highly recommend that you do that because the stories in that book will absolutely touch your life. And I'm not just saying that because I have a chapter, I'm saying that because I've gotten to know the women, the other authors, and the men who have contributed to this book and the stories of how God has done amazing, incredible things through the lives of His people will radiate through, they will inspire you, uh, they will encourage you in the season that you are in, and you will f definitely feel like you are not alone. Because that is how I have felt, um, that there's women and men I can look to to say, I, I know that God brought them through this thing, so I know that He can do it for me too. And that is just so encouraging as we're going through rough, difficult, heavy situations. And sometimes it feels like, you're going through one thing and then it's just another thing and another thing and another thing and you don't you feel like you can't catch your breath and um in those moments where we are desperate for god we're desperate for answers we're desperate for a breakthrough uh, we're desperate for a miracle it's a great time to have stories that can come alongside and act as those that like an ebenezer for you in your faith that it's not just you you and your own personal stories, but it's the stories of other fellow brothers and sisters who have gone through challenging things as well that will uplift you and uh, set you on a, a path that leads to the hope of Jesus Christ, which is really the only answer. He is the only answer. We can look to so many things on this earth for hope. We can look to so many things on this earth for satisfaction or for love or for joy. For peace, uh, you know, whether it's meditation or any of the things that the world tells us, we, if you do this thing, then you will find X. Well, I can tell you because I've been in a lot of those places and tried a lot of different things to find peace, to find comfort, to, to, to satisfy my, the craving of my soul. And I have found that Jesus is the only thing that can satisfy the hunger that's within me. For those things there's really a hunger for peace there's a hunger for comfort it's this longing because we know that this this world this earth isn't isn't our home we're built with a, a sense of longing a stirring for something different than what we have it's the hope of eternity it's the way that God originally intended our life to be it's a, a life that is without sin without separation from him it's with without pain and suffering. It's a life that is free from hurt and heartache and sadness and sorrow. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what that life will be like? We will experience that in our eternity. If we put our hope and faith in Jesus Christ and we look to Him to be our source of, of all things, He will satisfy us both here and now and in the eternity to come. I just want to lift up this cup and lift up my hand and let's dedicate this cup of hope to God. God, I pray that today as we dig into your word, Father, that, that you would stir the hearts and minds of those who listen. 
I pray that you would bring conviction where a conviction is needed. I pray that you would bring comfort where comfort is needed, God. I pray that, that you would bring courage where courage is needed and peace and joy and hope and love and all of the things that you bring to us, Lord Jesus. I thank you that we have you in our lives. Amen and amen. It is a true honor and privilege to one, to just be able to have a conversation about, about Jesus and without fear of uh, being put to death, without fear of persecution uh, in, in a way that the rest of the world is experiencing it. Yeah, we may have stones thrown at us uh, as comments or, or whatever. We may be taken off of a social media platform or whatever because of our belief in Jesus but typically our physical being is not uh, attacked. And uh, I thank God for that. I thank God that we are, don't live in a, in a country where we are attacked in that way, but that is even more reason why we need to stand up and speak out about who Jesus is. And really that is the, the purpose of, of the stories of that book that we wrote, Joy Unspeakable, and the books that I've written before, that it's not about getting a story out there and it's not about me it's not about the other authors it's about making the name of jesus known and that's why it's so important the the amazon bestseller list and all that for me like i i to be honest with you i could really i could care less <laughs> about that if we made such and such list new york times bestseller none of those things are the things that my heart is pursuing after the thing that my heart is pursuing after is that more people would know the name of Jesus Christ. And it take, if it takes those books making it to the top of some list in order for there to be more visibility, for there to be more people that have access to it, that it gets out into more hands, then so be it. Because I want more people to know the name of Jesus Christ, know the hope of Jesus Christ. And they will find him as they look into his word and as they maybe pick up a book that there's some people that would never pick up a Bible, but they might pick up a book that's called Joy Unspeakable because they are desperately seeking for joy. And there may be people who would not pick up a Bible, but may pick up a book called The Scent to Hope because they're desperately longing for hope. And they're so tired of living a life of fear and that book those books will lead them to the truth of jesus because they're saturated and covered in scripture and in reference to and pointing people back to jesus christ and in romans 14 15 i'm going to read to you today from the new living translation this um, the study about navigating gray areas continues. And I believe that in this section of scripture, you may feel like these verses, if you've been watching with us this month, these verses get a little repetitive. Like, okay, Paul, we get what you're trying to tell the church, the, uh, the Roman church. We understand, like, you know, we, we heard you the first time, but there's a reason that he keeps repeating it. There's a reason that he keeps saying the same things. Don't let the little things be a stumbling block. 
Don't let the little things cause division among you. Don't let the little things that really don't matter be something that's going to cause a person to turn away from Jesus, cause a person to turn away from the church, cause a person to, to think that they don't belong. Let me read Romans 14, 15. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for who Christ died. That is a very strong phrase. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. How can my eating ruin someone else? <laughs> like that's what comes to my mind. How can my eating or not eating ruin someone else? And even other versions of the Bible go use the word instead of ruin, use the word destroy or put an end to. It's because if we are so bent on the, the religiosity things that I'm going to do this and not do this and, and that it puts up a wall between us and other people that they aren't able to enter into and hear the voice of God or enter into uh, a community of believers because they don't feel like they fit or they belong because of how I'm we're choosing to live or work or eat not eat it to me it's like this is what came to mind as I was thinking about it that's if you know somebody think about for a minute people in your life who have maybe a severe allergy they maybe they're allergic to dairy they have lactose uh, issues or they're struggling with gluten, they may have celiac. People in your life that are struggling with those um, those issues and they, they, you invite them over to your home, you know that they are struggling perhaps, um, you know they're struggling with that allergy and yet you choose to present a table of food that is full of gluten food that is full of dairy and they come to your house and you have this beautiful spread and they can't eat and they can't eat and enjoy the company they can't eat because they they can't even engage really in conversation because they're thinking i came as a guest to this this house and i can't even participate um, it's such an awkward place because it's not that they are trying to be rude and not eat the beautiful food, but if they take part in the thing that you have set out for them, it's going to cause them some issues, <laughs> right? If you know anybody, or maybe it's you that struggles with a lactose issue or a gluten allergy, a gluten sensitivity, you know that eating that gluten or that thing that your body isn't wanting can set you back. It can cause uh, digestive issues for weeks. So that one bite that seems inconsequential to us who don't struggle with that are causing weeks worth of repair to people who are struggling with those allergies. I hope that correlation can tie in and make sense here because it's, 
we're, we're causing a, a sense of division for a, a person or a sense of that they don't belong or what they're, they're not important because we're not taking into consideration where they're at. Again, I've mentioned this before, but in my house, we have a dry home. We don't have alcohol. We don't serve alcohol in our home. That's a choice that we have made as a couple. It's a choice that I believe that God led us to as he spoke to our hearts about creating an environment or a sanctuary for people who are struggling that they can come and find rest. They can come here and not be tempted by things that pretty much everywhere else that they would go, even church gatherings, they would be tempted. And yet they can walk into our home. And I'm not saying that to, to give Marshall and myself a rah-rah-rah. I'm saying that because I think God calls each of us to be sensitive to the things around us, to the people around us. And when we invite people into our home or into our church community, into having a meal with us, that we're mindful of what it is that they are walking through and what it is that they may or may not participate in and being open and willing to change a little about how we prefer to live our life. Again, I'm not talking about truth. I'm not talking about denying truth of what God's word says is good and true and right. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about the little things that we allow to cause division between us because they're preferences. And if we can set aside those preferences, recognizing that if we hold fast to those preferences, there will come a time when our preferences actually can cause the destruction or the ruin of someone else. We need to act and move, live, have our, our relationship with caution and with mindfulness, with tenderness of taking into consideration the people around us, not just our own, uh, our own preferences. 1 Corinthians uh, 8 and 9, excuse me, 8 verses 9 and 13 they also, those verses, he's talking to the Corinthians about the same thing that he's talking to the Roman church. He's talking to them about the same thing, about not allowing our food, what we do and don't eat, to cause other people to stumble. I believe that this visual of eating is so important because that's where community happens. That's where relationships are found. That's where we can come together and build a strong sense of belonging. And if there's division around a table, families are broken apart, church communities are broken apart, but the table where we come together and dine can also be a place of great unity and strength and of storytelling and of passing on legacy and talking about things that God has done, God's faithfulness. And so, of course, Satan wants to destroy a very place where 
we can find belonging and find uh, a place where we can join together, where we get to learn about God in a different way that isn't sitting with our Bible and, or attending a church service. It's a place where we can be spurred on to faith and actually live life, do life with people around us. But if we allow the little things of our life about like what we're eating or not eating or, or keeping us in a place where we won't engage in, um, we won't engage in relationship with people because maybe we're on a, a special diet and so we won't go out to eat. With, with people or we're on a special diet so we won't invite people home or whatever it, it is, recognize that we have the ability to be flexible in our preferences if we so choose to be flexible. And if it's causing, if our decisions, our preferences are causing separation between us and others who need to know about Jesus, then maybe we've taken the preference a step too far. I believe that Paul used a harsh word, ruin or destroy someone for whom Christ died. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that your word stirs us to a place of discomfort, Lord, so that we are able to change our behavior. And for those of us who are uh, discomforted, Lord, we, we are not settled, that you wrap your arms around us and you bring comfort. Sometimes in our comfort we get complacent and we just live life like a robot and we don't really think about how what we're doing or how we're living or what we're uh, not engaging in or are engaging in, how those things are could potentially be causing people to be pushed away from you. And how beautiful an opportunity to gather around a table, to invite people into our homes, to invite people around our table to eat a meal together. And that how often that place is a place where stories are told. Uh, the history of our faith is recounted and the blessings that you have given us are, are spoken. The history of how you have shown up in our lives is, is just told and proclaimed. So God, I pray that we would be more willing to invite people into our homes. We'd be more willing to invite people to the table that would come and share and we would be mindful of the preferences of other people. And that we be able to set aside our preferences, the things that may cause division. Not based on, on your truth, Lord, but based on the things that we like and dislike. God, I pray that you would encourage us. That you would give us the, the, um, the willingness to, to produce uh, an environment in our home. To build an environment in our home that is welcoming that is warm, that is um, that people can come and feel like they belong because they are your children. They are part of your flock. And if they are part of your flock, then they are part of our family too. I thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. And Lord, as your word was sent out today, may it produce fruit 
in the lives of those who hear it in in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, thank you for being with me today on Cup of Hope. I do hope that you have a wonderful day in the Lord, and I'll see you, Lord willing, back here on Wednesday. Bye-bye.